ACASTCAST. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Gran Leyenda Tequila. This tequila knows there's no substitute for a great taste. This award-winning and organic tequila is handcrafted and comes in four different flavors. Gran Leyenda takes great pride introducing the world to organic tequilas that do not compromise quality. To learn more, visit GranLeyendaTequila.com. Gran Leyenda, the official tequila of the East-West Football Podcast. Must be 21 and older to enjoy. Please drink responsibly. Life and football are very similar. Without an identity, you will not achieve your ultimate prize. Defense wins championships. Pride and passion meet success. You gotta love what you do. Thank you for listening to the East West Football Podcast with Jerry Martinez, Kendall Whitney, and now here is your host, Fidel Barraza. Thank you for watching another live edition of the East West Football Podcast. I am Fidel Barraza. Alongside with me, Jerry Martinez, Walter Stringer. How you guys doing? Wonderful on this Saturday. Yeah, getting ready for that Memorial Day. Well, enjoying this Memorial Day weekend, right? So, Yeah, and today we're going to kick off our division reviews. We're going to start off with the NFC South. And let's start off by talking about the Atlanta Falcons. So obviously, very disappointing season last year. New head coach in Arthur Smith, new GM as well. Uh, Matt Ryan's still there. Uh, they drafted Kyle Pitts third overall in this year's uh, draft. Uh, let's start off with Jerry. What do you think of their offseason moves? Oh, man. I, I think the, the Falcons are kind of a little bit all over the place right now. Uh, I just think that it, when you look when you look at it, they're in a, in a, they were in a very tough situation. And still right now, when we look at it, Julio Jones, I mean, I, what are the reports? Probably this up-and-coming week, he'll be traded away. So, you know, I understand the acquisition that they were able to get this in the offseason, and the biggest name of all was Cal Pitts, right? Uh, I mean, when you look at – when we look at the actual division and we see they were in a tough situation. They were really in a tough situation. They have to compete with the Super Bowl defending champ, right, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and – you know, the biggest takeaway from it is they had to just kind of pick up and, and just go. They couldn't rebuild. They couldn't do anything. They were kind of stuck right there where they're, they're trying to give their fans some hope, right, that they're still trying to fight to be competitive in the actual NFC South. Well, um, personally, I think it's it's pretty much obvious that they're moving in that, that slow transition the uneasy transition because, you know, you still want to pay the utmost respect to Matt Ryan, who has been the rock for that franchise and took over for that franchise. It was very highly successful in a very tough and trying time right after the uh, the Michael Vick situation and everything when that team, that organization needed some serious light and some serious success. 
But it, it's obvious, you know, if you look at what's going on, I think the writing was on the wall that Kyle Pitts didn't want to be there anymore. I mean, not Kyle Pitts, um, Julio. <laughs> Julio Jones did not want to be there anymore. I believe they knew that prior to the draft, and they felt, hey, you know what? Jamar Chase was a solid option. Waddle, Devontae Smith, Panay Sewell. But I think Kyle Pitts for them provided the most um, value for that pick at number four. Given the fact that, you know, Julio pretty much was on his way out. He had pretty much shown them he was on his way out with everything he said. I think also um, Calvin Ridley. Everything is pretty much based around the new core, which is Calvin Ridley. Hopefully, you know, A.J. Terrell builds on a pretty up-and-down rookie season, but he showed a lot of promise. Um, Second-round pick, your favorite safety, one of my favorite safeties also, and Richie Grant. Yep. who can play pretty much everything from in the box to high cover one. Also, Jalen Mayfield is going to be the wild card for them. If Mayfield turns out to be a steal for them and can be that left tackle or more than likely right tackle for them, at worst-case scenario guard, worst-case scenario guard for them, I think that'll be excellent. That would make this entire draft for them all worth it. A couple of uh, key offseason acquisitions in free agency, one of them being uh, running back kick returner Cordell Patterson. Mm-hmm. He also lines up at wide receiver. And then also running back Mike Davis from the Carolina Panthers. I think he's going to play yeah. a very important part in this offense coming in, in here in a couple months. I still don't agree with, with the Falcons. I mean, when you're picking fourth for a reason, I think that right there you look at it, Justin Fields was available and you passed him for Cal Pitts. I just think that this is a bad move. Uh, I think it's going to bite him in the butt in the long run. The Bears look like geniuses in this in- entire situation, uh, but we're not in that division yet. So uh, I just think the Falcons kind of blew a big a big opportunity to have the future already set up. I mean, Justin Fields would not have been in a situation where he had to start. Matt Ryan has showed that he's durable. Uh, he could have learned a little bit behind Matt Ryan. And like what you did, like, you know, add those key pieces, the offensive line that you need, you know, secure the bag. You know, I'll tell you this, Cal Pitts, uh, Cal Pitts, for, he did great in college. But if it looked like if, it, if we've seen anything, Matt Ryan has had a hard time getting the ball to his tight end. So unless they're going to uh, do something exotic, even and even Tennessee Titans, right? Like we've got to talk about the Titans, right? Because the Titans and their offense that they that was a, was the highlight of the offense uh the tight end position no i'll ask both of you and the reason no. why we're talking about the titans is because that's who arthur smith was right he was and the they had offense. they had a good tight end a good yeah. they did they, right. they did and he was the offense the reason why i'm talking about him is cuz he's the offensive coordinator so that tight end was never highlighted so obviously they're going to use they're going to have to use Kyle Pitts in a wide receiver position he can be a wide receiver i think uh, it's just at that position that that at that opportunity, why not go ahead and just take the opportunity with Justin Fields? I think they have they blew a big opportunity for for the building block for the future. Well, also I think Russell Gage is um his development for them is going to be huge as well. Oh yeah, he showed up last year. He had some big games too. Yeah, yeah, but I mean I, I see what they're doing. Mike Davis, he he's a fire hydrant. They're going to lay up, they're going to line him up in that eye form. They're going to do a lot with him, but. I just I think for what's going to be missing, they're going to really realize how much Julio helped out everything in that oh, office, yeah. man. And not have in all due respect to Calvin Ridley, Calvin is a very good receiver. He's not Julio Jones. And 
It's, it's going to be rough. I just think, I mean, I, I agree 100% with you, Jerry. I think Atlanta, for lack of a better phrase, they're hustling backwards. Yeah. And they, they, they really don't understand. They don't have a, a direction of where they really want to go. And when you're bringing in a brand new head coach, first time head coach, and the picks are all over the place. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. If Fields was on the board at four, I would have taken Fields. Yeah, I mean, I would. I mean, you're thinking about it's a new regime coming into Atlanta, so the, you want your quarterback, right? I mean, that's going to be your centerpiece for your franchise for the next four to five years. You don't know when you're going to be picking this high again. Exactly, and that was the other thing that we had talked about too. Is if you're the Falcons, I mean, are you really going to be? Are you projected to be so bad next year that you're drafting? Well, they and they might be, but we don't know, right? They still got to play ball. It just, um, but it, it just shows you when you have a strong team in that division, they can really persuade you to 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 kind of abandon ship and and get off of your game plan and your team building, uh, right? Because you're you're trying right. to you're trying to keep up with the Joneses, right? And right. and 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 it's unfortunate because they had a, a golden opportunity to start fresh and start to rebuild towards a future without disrespecting any of their uh their players uh, i just think it was a great opportunity but and they blew it man but it just shows you know you want to keep up with the buccaneers well then you're gonna have to add uh star but power that's the problem i think uh, every gm team owner head coach everyone has to be completely in tune with what you are if we stink we stink if we're great we're not great we're, we're good Cause you can never call yourself great, but you know, you, you have to be in tune with what you are and the Falcons, they may feel, okay, you know what? In 17 game season, extra playoff spot, anything can happen. No, it can't. Yeah. If, if, if no, not when it comes to Tampa, the only, you know, and we'll get, we're going to actually get to Tampa in a little while, but you have to be in tune with what you are and you cannot think you're better than what you are. Because you wind up chasing dreams that aren't really there, and the next thing you know, Matt Ryan's hurt. Yeah. And then, you know, you lose all trade value with him. Well, one player we know that's not going to be with the Atlanta Falcons next season, it's going to be Julio Jones. Uh, last week on uh, Undisputed on uh, FS1, Shannon Sharp called Julio Jones and put him on speaker. Now, if he knew he was going to be on TV or didn't, I mean, that's up to you. To the side, I think he did know. Uh, but pretty much he said, I do not want to be a Falcon anymore. He was looking to be traded. And I think we're going to see a trade here happen very soon. Atlanta was holding off for a first-round draft pick, but I think the highest they're going to get might be a second. But there is a team out there, uh, speculation saying it might be the Rams, that's offering a future first-round pick. <laughs> Man, the Rams just don't want a first-round pick, do they, right? I just think it's... it's How do they even have any? <laughs> How do you have any more first-round picks? You gave them all away already. Man, it feels like they're trying to turn this thing into the NBA. The it's NBA type. They like Boston. Yeah. I don't I don't get it. Like, it's, At some point in time, team building has to come into play at some point in time. You can't just keep chasing stars man and if you look at that team right now this is why i honestly don't believe they're going anywhere they're they're, they're too top heavy uh, the rams are completely too top heavy and they lost too much depth well said with quality man. players all right well i think we'll find out you know what team julio is going to be traded here you know in the next 10 days so let's move on to the carolina panthers obviously new starting quarterback in town as they traded for Sam Darno of the New York Jets, Teddy Bridgewater is now a Denver Bronco. Gentlemen, let's talk about the Carolina Panthers. Jerry. 
man i love this man this is this is team building 101 man like wow i mean the panthers are a team to definitely watch out for now i know it's going to take some time to gel because you're talking about a young team and you like you said you brought in sam darnold you didn't you didn't spend a lot of draft capital to get him either i think uh it's a fifth rounder that could escalate to i think i believe it's a fourth round draft pick so you know it's it's crazy when you see and you and you read behind the lines and you do your research right you see that that the 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 Matt Rule was when everybody was all all signs pointed that Matt Rule was going to be the Jets' new head coach. The only reason he wanted to take on that job was to work with Sam Darnold because he liked something in Sam Darnold. Uh, and apparently they would they would spend uh, Zoom meetings of like two hours long just talking X and O's. And I think it's it's kind of unique that he was able to bring him in and make him a Carolina Panther. And like you said, I mean. He kind of he 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 didn't spend too much time with with the with the whole cam situation. As soon as he he got his quarterback, he moved on. They moved they moved away from cam, and you saw last year that man they they came they came away with some some good games, some tough losses. But let's let's look at their draft picks, man. J C Horn, I mean that was a big shocker right there. They got J C Horn, right son of uh, Joe Horn, the wide receiver for the Saints previously. They got Terrace Marshall, who I thought he was going to be a first-round pick. I mean, this guy is huge. I mean, tall, fast, and can high point. I mean, he just he's special with the ball. Uh, Brady Christensen, who was an ascending offensive tackle towards the back end, people started liking his game a lot uh, from BYU. He, he, you know, he was there protecting Zach Wilson's blind spot. Blind spot. They got a uh, Chuba, uh, uh, Hubbard from uh, Oklahoma State. A very super talented running back. Uh, they also kept on adding depth, man. They added Davion Nixon, who mm-hmm. I thought I was very high on Davion Nixon out of Iowa defensive tackle. I think he's a perfect three technique, kind of like what you would like to see in, in, on that defensive that defensive tackle. Add him with last year's pass rusher, uh, defensive tackle. Uh, what's his name? Um, out of Auburn, Derek Brown. Derek Brown, mm-hmm. man, that defensive line is going to be stacked, and they're going to they're going to really really attack. They're going to they're going to be able to get the right pressure up the middle of the of the offenses. So, I mean, just look at it. We we go down. Keith Taylor, uh, Deontay Brown out of Alabama, the offensive guard, Shai Smith, wide receiver out of South Carolina. That this team right here, this is exactly what team building look should look like. Uh, you you build through the draft and uh, you fill in you fill in free agency and, and you pick you pick and choose who you can bring in that fits your your you know who fits your team your 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 team model. Yeah, you know I, I agree one hundred percent as far as the draft. Um, they managed to add play multiple playmakers at positions that they already had some strengths at anyway. Um, Jeremy Chen had a huge rookie season for them last year. He's a weapon. Whether you have him on the back end, or you decide to bring him up in into the um the front four and the front seven, which a lot of times they do, they will bring him up into the box. J.C. Horn is excellent in man coverage. I think they have big plans for what they can do with him if he can go ahead and develop. The talent is there. If you look at the size, the speed, he's got those due numbers and those due measurables when it comes to a corner that everyone's looking for. So. If everything goes according to plan, J.C. Horn should be a stud. And I think having that number one alpha guy on the outside who can lock down one half of the field is very, very important. 
Um, Jalen Ramsey still shows us consistently how important that is, even with the Rams defense. Um, who else? Brady Christensen had added depth guard. They were able to bring in Deontay Brown, also, as you mentioned, guy who I was pretty a pretty big fan of. I know a lot of people are kind of scared of his um, his weight. Because he's a big boy. Yeah, he's a big boy, but he's he's solid. He's a rock, and his weight, at least for what uh, Nick Saban has said at Alabama, has never been an issue for him as far as conditioning and with the way he plays. Also, Tony Trimble. Trimble is a guy who could turn out to be a steal. I know some guys in the network were really high on him. Boy, yeah. I wasn't as high, but if guys like these guys turn out to be steals, later on in the draft, and they managed to hit on those top guys. Like, this was a huge historical draft because, you know, guys like Derrick Brown. Derrick Brown had a – he started out kind of rough the first few games of the season. He came on middle part of the season, finished strong. He shows a lot of promise, and I think putting Davion Nixon right next to him, those guys are kind of built very similar as well, and they're pretty much both power rushers. So, you know, Yatura Gross Matos – He's going to have another year. I think they're they're exclusively moving in the right direction. Everything comes down to, is Sam Darnold the guy? Is he going to prove the New York Jets wrong? Or is he broken and no one's ever, you know, is he, was he ever as good as people thought he was? Is he broken? Is anyone going to be able to fix him? How far this team goes? Because it seems like they've got the guy, the head is right and the body parts are all moving together in the right direction. They just need the right guy under center. Well said, man. Well said. And let's not forget Christian McCaffrey is coming back from an injury. I mean, he barely played, so we already know what he can do. Uh, Sam Darnold is going to have that connection again with Robbie Anderson, former teammate in the New York, uh, New York Jets. The Carolina Panthers are one of the most interesting teams in football, if you ask me. Oh, yeah. So. It, it starts with, like I said, it starts with a head coach, man. That guy just... He's just doing. He's just doing football the way he he believes is the right way. And hey, man, down the line, the Panthers are gonna be a team to reckon with. All right, let's move on to the New Orleans Saints. So, Drew Brees, quarterback of that team, is no longer on there. Retired is now working for NBC Sports. So, in comes in former starting quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Jameis Winston. So this offense is going to look, to me, it's going to look a lot more different than what we're used to seeing, it, for, at least from last year, right? Uh, Jerry, what would you think of their offseason moves? Oh, man, it was tough, man. Look, I, I'll say this. I will say this. The Saints, regardless uh, of Drew Brees playing or not, they have a great – they they have a, 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 a one of the better rosters in the actual – in the entire NFL, right? They They – they had the right firepower. I mean, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, those two players help you leverage that offense, that the the offense so much in so many ways because they've added so much depth uh, over the years to the offensive line. So, regardless of who you have playing at quarterback, that running game is going to be able to go. Michael Thomas is that type of, of wide receiver that could just take a, a a small slant route and take it to the house because he's just a dog, right? And then of course on the defense. You know, you still got some stud players on the defense. I think the one of the biggest uh, concerns was with the uh, defensive back. And, and, of course, I mean, nothing's final, but the, the uncertainty and not knowing what you're going to be able to do. But, you know, I think all all indications right now is that it looks like Jameis Winston gonna, is going to be your starter. And when he struggles, you got, you got Taysom Hill. So, 
I think right now, overall, that with when let's let's look let's look at some of their draft picks and some of their offseason moves, right? Uh added Peyton Turner to the defensive line. Uh Cameron Jordan has been there for quite some time. He's been a, a great a great professional. He's put up some great numbers. He's had great seasons, but you know, he's at the back end of, of, of his career, I guess. And Peyton Turner's kind of I guess they're gonna groom him in and maybe make him a situational pass rusher. Pink, uh, Pete Warner out of uh, Ohio State. Man, I just like his. I like his game. I think that that's what they're ne- missing was an actual linebacker in their defense. And then Paul, uh, Paulson Adable. So you know, not knowing if if what's going to happen with your corner. If if you're able to keep your corner and keep Paulson Adable, dang, they, they were able to help themselves out uh, for the long, the long, the long term. You know, they had an Ian Book and whatnot. Now, I'm not saying Ian Book can can or cannot be an NFL quarterback. Ian Book has showed us uh, playing at Notre Dame that he's something special. So when you look at it, I think the, the Saints the Saints overall, their, their, their roster was loaded to begin with, and all they, they were able to do is add some, key, some, some more key pieces to uh, positions, and I think that this team is going to be right there, you know, still competing – to, to try to win that division. So I haven't counted them out. Uh, they're, they're one of the strong teams in this division for sure. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I'm not sure um, how far this team can go long run wise, but they have a damn good head coach for sure. And they have a roster full of good players at the right position. So when you have that combination, you can always win eight, nine, 10, 11 games during a regular season. You know, because you have a quality roster and you have a good X's and O's guy. It's just rough for them because, you know, we don't know what Jameis Winston is going to return as, you know. It's obvious, I believe, you know, because they went defense with those first three picks. Peyton Turner in the first round. They went with um, Pete Warner in the second from um, Ohio State. You and, like of course, him, you know, right? Paulson Nadebo, who I thought had first round, late first round talent, who fell down to the third. So it's obvious that, you know, they're going to play tough, hard in those defense. They're going to run the ball with Alvin Kamara and company. That's still a good offensive line. They still got some quality players up front. So I'm not really too worried about the Saints as far as the regular season. I think they probably will still be the second-best team in that division unless Carolina just takes massive steps. I think there's still growing pains, and there's, there's steps to all of this for Carolina. I think Carolina has to feel a little pain. They have to get burned a couple of times before they're really to, ready to compete with maybe a Tampa and in the Saints. So, I think this offense is going to look better than what it did last year, just because they had some. You know, Michael Thomas is pretty much hurt throughout the whole year. Uh, Drew Brees was hurt, but I mean, he really couldn't get the ball downfield anymore. And I understand that offense; it's not yeah. what they did, but that can be another element that they, you know, that Jameis brings in there. So. To me, I'm very optimistic, and Jameis Winston, I've been saying it here for a little bit, and I think the New Orleans Saints are they're going to be just fine without Drew Brees. Yeah, man. I mean, and I feel bad for Jameis, man. People were just dogging him all last year. I mean, he looks like he's lost weight. He looks like he's in good shape. You know, uh, we saw him doing some unorthodox stances as far as trying to, like, I don't know, him throwing the ball. Man, what I saw was I saw a young man that understood he needed to work on on his game, and Man, he did. 
it's just unfortunate, man. Why do they have to dog him like that? You know what I mean? I know he put himself well, in a situation. Yeah, I mean, when you start, like, eating W's or whatever the <laughs> hell he did one time when they played against New Orleans, like, then, you know, at that point, people are going to question you. The other thing, too, that people forget is that Jameis did have, uh, last offseason, uh, laser eye surgery. That's true. So, true. So, I mean, we'll see if that makes a difference. I think, you know, one year on the bench, that kind of humbled him to be a better football player, to be a better quarterback, a better leader. And to me, with the with the whole offseason, you know, didn't really go after a quarterback, not even like in the draft either. That tells me that they have full confidence in Jameis Winston. Well, they got Ian Book, but still, I, I, it'd be kind of hard, right? I don't know if he'll make, if he'll make the practice. Maybe he'll be a practice squad guy. I don't know, man. We see some he crazy seems things. like the type of guy that a head coach would love. Well, I was gonna say what I like about his game is that even though he's what five eleven, he improvises well and he gets to say, the ball quick, he, and he uh, doesn't make stupid decisions. So there's space for him. He's not. I, was, I mean, he's not the biggest guy, but there's some good things to like about Ian Book. I was going to say that was one thing that is is that he can play on the fly. Like, he literally right, you could just throw right. him out in this, any situation, he go, and he'll get you some a couple of touchdowns. You can so, trust and, yeah. and we know he was co-charred by Brian Kelly as well. Yeah. yeah. He's, it's, he's one of those guys. Like, he looks like, a you know, that prototypical NFL guy who sticks around for a long time. <laughs> uh, That's what I'm saying. You never know. You He could, he could probably be your – he could probably be a backup in the NFL. I, I'm just saying that right now. I think Jameis is going to have a bigger year than what everyone is saying. So we'll oh, yeah. see. I think it'd be. It, I think that would be a great storyline, man, to see if Jameson can actually lead this team and actually get you know get over the hump, get into the playoffs, and and you know even if he loses in a close close game in the playoffs, man, I think all those memes, all those memes, and everything that people are making fun of him, all that will turn around and they'll start taking him serious, and that's his confidence can sway in the right, right direction. He's, he's going to have to do it because, you know, he had a very talented team over in Florida. Yeah, he did. Um, a couple of years ago, and yeah. you know, he, he wasn't able to get them over the hump. So, falls Look, on may- Well, maybe Jameis Winston next year wins comeback player of the year. Maybe. We'll see. You never know, man. This is a crazy – It's we, 2020s are a crazy years, man. So, we'll see, man. Well, man, people forget this guy was a national champion. Like, he, like he's got some very impressive stats. Yeah. I mean, he's got, you know, a lot of interception too. And that's why people forget it, you know, forget about Jameis Winston like that. But we'll see. All right, moving along to the Super Bowl champion, Ooh. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, offseason moves, they just resigned everyone. They're gonna yeah, run it yeah. back. Or no, hold hold on. He didn't say uh Bruce Arians said no, we're not saying they're running it back, right? We're gonna win it again. Because that was Kansas thing. City. Uh, you know what he said after that. So he, he said it with a Bud Light in his hand too. <laughs> you sure it was light? <laughs> hey, wouldn't, wouldn't you guys love to play for Bruce Arians? It looks like he's so oh, yeah. chill, yeah, so I relaxed. Mean, I, 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 I said that numerous times, man. Bruce reminds me he's that that high school coach who's just extra hard on you and extra jerkish on you, but he's still fair. Yeah, you know, one of my favorite moments. Well, this offseason, so when they did the the boat parade. Was when he was talking on the mic and Via uh, Vita Vea dumped a bunch of cold water on him. He said, "Vita, I'm gonna kick your ass." reading to these children. <laughs> yeah. All right, but, let, but let's let's talk about the Super Bowl champions um, again. They just re-signed everyone, and yeah. they actually added a couple key uh, pieces in the draft and in free agency. So let's start off with Jerry. Man, it's hard to it's it's. It, I'm not gonna bet again. I am not betting against the Bucks, man. I think that Tom Brady proved me wrong last year. 
uh, last season, right? I think he proved me absolutely wrong. I think that age is but a number in his eyes, which I think is amazing. It's a it's a great story. I can't wait to to read the book when he decides to retire at the age of fifty. Uh, but you know, I'm still not going to bank against the the Buccaneers. And like you said, they brought the back they brought back the team. Nothing changed. Let's let's just keep on moving. Let's move. Let's win another championship. Now I know it's not that easy, but the Bucks made it that, look that dang easy last last season. So when we're talking about about a, a team getting ready for a championship, um, uh, you know, a championship season, I think I think it's easy to say the Buccaneers are ready to for a back to back championship season. Is it possible? It's very possible, especially with with Tom Brady, one of the greatest well I, and and i say this absolutely i mean i understand he's already the great of uh, the goat right the greatest yeah. of all time playing that position but i think one thing that that tom brady is he is one of the greatest situational football players of all time and he is completely aware he understands he understands time management two minute you know, two minute offense. He understands the whole thing, and he knows how to line up everybody and get them. I mean, he's a true leader. He knows how to line up his offense, get them ready. He knows how to get his defense hyped up when he needs to. I mean, he just understands. He's truly, truly aware of the situation. So that's the one thing that you got to fear when you're going against Tom Brady. How can you outsmart him? Preparation obviously means everything. And uh, if there's anything that we can learn or take away from ourselves, or maybe for ourselves, is Maybe implement some of the some of his preparation, right? That he he does, and look at what he does. Maybe our lives can change too, right? You never know, man. Yeah, <sighs> yeah, I agree. I think also another thing is the fact that he's he's a master of okay, play time is over, it's time to go win this. You know, you compare him a smallly to you know maybe LeBron James in the NBA in the sense that. Any team LeBron James is on during the regular season may have its peaks and valleys, its waves, its down points, but when that ball goes up in playoff time, it's time to go win that that O'Brien trophy. You know, there's no playing around anymore. So it's it's going to be hard to take down Tampa. The only reason I say it's, it's going to be rough also is the fact that if we look at Kansas City, everyone said the same exact thing about the Chiefs. After they beat the 49ers, everyone assumed they were going to go right back, and they did go right back. But the Chiefs never really looked right to me last season throughout the regular season. They never did. You know, they they were playing. They were flying too close to the sun with too many bad teams and too many questionable teams that they should have just went out and just beaten. And, you know, they were, like I said, they were flying too close to the sun. They managed to get past everyone. And when they got to the NFC Championship, they ran into a buzzsaw. So the only thing I can really see slowing Tampa down is injuries. And you can't predict injuries on the offensive line or Tom Brady or Mike Evans or anyone because I think they're they're so deep that if they did miss one of those guys, those key guys, Tampa could still, I believe, get there. You let's, know? Let's, let's, talk, let's talk about that, right? Because we already mentioned the names they brought in. They brought in uh, Joe Tryon, right? Uh, extremely talented. Yeah, he was ex- extremely – uh, t- uh, sought out edge rusher out of Washington. Uh, they got uh, Jalen Durden. I think I know a lot of people were, were very high on him. Yep. Uh, Rob- Robert uh, Hainsey, uh, I just adding depth to their offensive line. So, you know, from when you went, like, I think you said it perfect, right? You said, what, do you, what did you say? They added, they added that. I mean, they even added Kyle Trask. 
the uh, offense, uh, the uh, quarterback out of Florida. So when you when you we look at this team, I mean, it is it's very interesting. They really reloaded and they added a lot of luxury. It wasn't luxury, but they added a good depth. Yeah. So, so, like you said, when you said if there's an injury that happens, right? If there's an injury that happens, you have this player that can step in, maybe possibly, you know, play whatever two, three weeks if you, if you need him to, and they'll be right there at the end of the year. And then also too, let's let's not forget OJ Howard had torn his ACL last year. He's going to be back on the team. Uh, former running back for the Cincinnati Bengals, Giovanni Bernard, is now on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. So, I mean, to me, Tampa has a very good chance to run this thing back. Um, Tom's going to be 44 in August. Age is really not showing. I mean, it did a little bit, but last year he had major knee issues that we did not know of. He had surgery a couple months back. He looks like he's going to be ready uh, ready for training camp. But look, I'm just saying, Tom with no offseason and Tom with the season, I think they're going to be a lot better next year. Uh, How much better? I mean, they still won the Super Bowl. I mean, I think man. they have a chance to be very, very, very good. Seventeen and oh, good. I don't know. No. I'm not gonna say that, but I I would put the over for them to win fifteen games. You got look. You got to stack. You got to stack them up against that. What other and what other NFC team really did good as far as re? revamping their teams or maybe adding depth and almost everybody well i mean i'm just saying there's some teams that are well there's some teams that just didn't uh, and, and there's one team that we don't even know who the quarterbacks if the, the quarterback is going to be there next year uh, green bay uh, which was, was the biggest threat that's what i was going to say the biggest threat is probably the packers and shoot but i mean well, i know a lot of teams got better but do you really maybe think someone that, from the nfc west maybe Time will tell. You know, we don't know how. No, good, hopefully, same, you know, I mean, the Rams. Next step. Kyle has got a ton of weapons. Look, they made you know. It's, did, did the Seahawks help themselves out in, in, in any way uh, during the uh, the offseason? And and you guys are going to have to wait until we get to a division to talk about that. So, uh, for right now, the Buccaneers are, you know, a high highly favored team. The to, Kings. To, yeah, to be able to. To run it back and maybe even possibly get a back-to-back championship. So, we'll all right, see you guys. Yeah, all right. So let's rank these teams worst to best. Start up with the last team. Start up with Jerry. Ooh, worst to best. Okay, so uh, right now the worst team. I, I, and it's hard, man. Um, I don't, I don't think anybody's the worst, but a team that I'm kind of, that I would kind of put at the at the back end right now. I'm gonna have to put the Falcons at the back end. Uh, I'm sorry. I I know that Matt Ryan is still there, but they had a terrible season last last year. With even with all the starters they had, I I don't think bringing in a a head coach and a new GM is gonna fix that. Unless you're, you know, uh, a head coach like maybe perhaps Bill uh, Pete Car- uh, Pete Carroll, who is a uh, raw raw kind of guy, right? Uh, that can get his team motivated. So give me the Falcons at four. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and go, man. This is kind of this is a, this is a tough one. I I would go two uh, A two B. It would be uh, Panthers two B, and then uh, Saints two A, and of course the Buccaneers uh, one. Clearly for me. Yeah. So there's no three. There's no three. 
Yeah, I, I pretty much got it the same. I think the Falcons, they're going to be able to score points. Always had a bit. They always had the ability to score points as long as they could protect Matt Ryan. Problem is, they just they have too many gaps. And I think when you lose both safeties in one offseason, and as high as we are are um, on Richie Grant, Richie is still a rookie, and Richie's going to suffer some growing pains. Ooh. You know, you look at Keanu Neal. Keanu Neal was a rock for that secondary for a long time. I think he's going to help Dallas out a lot. But, you know, it's, the Falcons just lost too much. They lost too much. They've got a brand-new head coach who I'm not sure about. And it's just things are going – they're losing Julio Jones more than likely. They've got an aging veteran quarterback who they seem to be struggling with trying to cut ties with. So, yep, I've got them as the worst team in that division at four. Wow. Third, thank God. thank yeah. goodness, man. I don't have to take this bullet by myself. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, you know – it's funny with Carolina because Carolina looks like one of those teams that can catch lightning in a bottle. They got, they are, man. And they could win 10, 11, 12 games this season. Like that roster from what it was when Cam was there for, with the whole, um, what's the kid's name? The backup quarterback, Kyle Allen. Oh, hey. <laughs> what that team looked like there compared to what it looks like now. And I think, you know, the head coach, Matt Rule, he's one of the, the former college head coaches, I believe, is doing it the right way. He's not going out drafting only his guys, his ex-guys from college. You know, I think college coaches can be a huge benefit to the league if they can let go of some of their biases. You know, everybody likes to hire their my guy, my guy, my guy, or they want to draft my guy or my guy. If you go out and you realize there's talent in all these other colleges across America, you bring the right talent in, you have a roster that looks like Carolina's that's been turned around in less than two years. So Carolina could easily be battling it out with the Saints. That's why. That's why. Easily, easily. 2A, 2B, man. Yep. And, you know, the Saints, the Saints get the benefit of the doubt for me because they're a regular season team that, like I said, they got a great head coach. And they've got a very solid roster, and they've got a good offensive line. So that there normally is good enough for at least ten wins, maybe eleven wins. And they they have every year they come in, every season they come in, they already had that expectation that they're going to get into the playoffs. Yeah, you know, Paulson the Daybo's their type of corner. He's a big, physical man covered corner, you know, and he's got really good ball skills. So, I'm the Saints know how to draft. So I think if anybody who still has questions about Paulson the Davo, I don't understand why he slipped as far as he did, but hey, maybe it was just that deep of a draft. But a Davo, I believe, could turn out to be a major steal for them, pairing him with Marshawn Lattimore. Saints can still be very good, very good. I'm not sure if they'll be Tampa good, but you know, of course, Tampa to us, all of us, we can all agree Tampa is that number one team of that division probably the number one team in the NFC and barring injury Tampa should be going straight back. I'm going to go the Falcons, Panthers, Saints, Buccaneers. Simple as that. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't complicate anything on that one. But... See that? All, all of us have brains. We're not just yeah. arguing for the sake of arguing. No, no, I will say the <laughs> last well, lot. Falcons first. Now, yeah. So I, <laughs> so I will say the last year I did predict Tampa Bay to go to the Super Bowl and win it. Yeah. And since we're talking about the Bucks, I'm going to go ahead and stay with my prediction for this season coming up. I think the Bucks are going to go back 
and they will beat someone, uh, maybe the Chiefs, in the Super Bowl this coming oh, season. Really? I ain't jumping. I ain't jumping. <laughs> May 29, 2021, I predict Tampa Bay Buccaneers win Super Bowl 50, What what is it, 56? Yeah. Seven. I give so. I give I give you props for for, for uh, trying to make the show uh, enticing, right? Giving the early Super Bowl predictions, but uh, we got to give the people what they want, man. <laughs> That's it. Well, well, I thought we did that, man, by by highlighting that this is a very strong division still. Yes, a very strong division. Uh, obviously, um, let me throw a curveball to you guys real quick. Give me one bold prediction for this division. Dang, that that's a that's a great one for man. one team or a player. Doesn't matter. Just to one of these teams. Just a bold prediction. Man, Panthers just barely missed the playoffs, and, and uh, of course, Bucks, Bucks, and Bucks and Saints are, are make it into the playoffs, and the Panthers just just barely missed the playoffs this year. Who mm. is it's it's rough. It's rough. It's rough. I don't want to just make up something, but why not? I'm going to lean on something I've been thinking about the last couple days. Okay, let's hear it. All right, and I think it could possibly be Kyle Pitts, and Kyle Pitts could possibly lead not just the NFC, but I think Pitts could lead the NFL in targets. Wow, this year, I think I heard you in touchdowns. I think I heard you saying this actually because listen, I'm not the biggest Matt Ryan guy, but Matt Ryan is still very capable. When, you know, when he's got an offensive line. Well, I don't and know, Matt man. Ryan has an offensive line, and he's got Calvin Ridley, and he's got. I, Kyle I was, I was gonna say last year he was he was putting Calvin Ridley to work last year. Yes, I mean, Calvin really looked games to work. Yeah, like, Cal, Cal, Calvin yeah. really put up like what three touchdowns uh, in two different games? I think. Yeah. It was. So, it's kind of it's kind of tough, but yeah, man. I mean, you got to use Cal Pitts, man. You drafted him that high, you got to use him, man. So mm-hmm. yeah, I can see those targets coming this way, and I think that's actually a good prediction to make. All right, you guys ready for my bold prediction? Let's hear it. The Atlanta Falcons will make the playoffs next year. Oh shoot! Oh so man, you're kind of like you're kind of like uh, like me, but you went with you. Went, I went Panthers. You said Falcons. I think Mike Davis is going to rush over a thousand yards. He's going to have a big year for the Atlanta Falcons. Man, he he really researched his career last year with the Panthers, man. He did. Yeah, I mean, look, Christian McCaffrey, one of the best running backs in the NFL, but Mike Davis, you know, did it help? The Carolina running game last year. He is a big guy. He is mm-hmm. a big guy, but muscular, man. Muscular. Hey, Derrick Henry in Tennessee. Yeah. Arthur Smith. <laughs> Derek, like you do, run the ball. <laughs> yeah. Well, not now. I'm not saying that Mark, yeah. uh, that Mike Davis is Derrick Henry, but still, there's a little bit of similarities, I guess you could say. Yeah, for sure, man. I I'll, I'll hand it to you, I and I think know. if they can get that rushing game going, it'll take a lot of pressure off Matt Ryan. And you never know; anything's possible, man. That's what well, we know. Who knows? Just- who knows? Maybe the Dallas Cowboys can actually actually make it to the NFC Championship. I want to ask you guys right quick, like, what is your overall feel of Atlanta right now? Because you know how sometimes when you see certain, some teams make coach head coach hirings, and it feels like something that's just temporary. Like, it doesn't feel long-term. It feels like an emergency. We got to bring a guy in here. Let's see how this works. Try on error. Man, I'll say this. Uh, if, Like I was saying, if they can get that running game going, I think that maybe we'll see a complete Falcons team, a uh, complete different Falcons team that makes me look 
you know, wrong in my in my off and and this offseason uh, assessment of them addressing their needs or not. And maybe it's going to be better for Matt Ryan when Julio's not there. He doesn't feel like he needs to force the ball to Julio, right? That's true. Yeah, that's uh, and then the also, offense. that's a good. Well, but Kyle Pitts is a rookie. He hasn't even played it down in the NFL. It's different, right? Matt Ryan's a veteran. Kyle Pitts is a rookie. Oh, and no, and, and then also, Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts is going to have some issues because he's going to be required to block. And, and here's the other thing too: you don't have to flip a coin. Is Julio going to play? Is Julio not going to play? Like how you know, like who am I going to run the offense through? Like who's going to be catching the ball? Like there's not going to be that anymore. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna comment on that too because it's funny, and it all comes down to who you are. Are you a big star and how you're portrayed? But there were a lot of words around the league and whispers around the league that Julio quit. That he quit. I mean, to me, it kind of looked like it. And you know, one game that that I that I recall like it was yesterday was the Monday Night Football game against the Green Bay Packers. And yeah, and, that, and I bring it up because Kenny Galladay got killed here, and he got killed nationally for being accused of quitting. And they were saying that he there were games where he could have went out, he could have went out and played, but he just chose not to. And oh no, you know my my ankle is a little is a little tweaked or whatever. Now nah, I can't go. Not his hamstring. This it just goes to show you, you know, when you're a superstar, you get that benefit of the doubt. I felt myself, Julio. Kind of said, you know, you know what? I'm waiting this thing out to see how this thing's gonna go. I'm chilling. But at the end of the day, quitting on the team is quitting on the team, whether you're a superstar or, you're not. or you know you're you're a third string guy. It's just it's just weird to me that. And I understand Julio's a, a very well liked guy around the league, but stuff like this is what gives people bad views of wide receivers. It's true, man. About guys being prima donna guys and pouting and guys quitting. I just, it's, hey, it's just me. I just noticed it. I have no issue with Julio. I just think that we've seen this twice in one offseason where wide receivers pretty much shut it down from midway of the season to the end of the season with nagging leg injuries. And it's just, just not a good look. It's not, you never want to quit on a team. One last question for you guys before we end the show. Julio Jones, what team will he p- be playing for next year? Oh, man. Man. I mean, his name has been linked to – it was linked to the Titans, and then and then the last report I saw was that, that, that the Titans uh, – the move to the Titans would be a, an actual uh, a very uh, hard situation to pull Yeah, it's off, unlikely. So. It's yeah. unlikely like to happen. So uh, that's a good question, man. Um, wow. I think it's going to come down to who has the capital. I, I well, think... Who has the draft capital out there to do it? Just a team. Let's pick a team. If you had a guess. Oh, man. They're throwing out so many. I would. I would. Okay, look. How about this? What team would we like him? To... What team would we like to see him on? You guys can do that too. Okay, I would say the Patriots. I would oh, say the Chargers. I would say the Chargers. Yeah, I would like. To, I mean, I think the Chargers would be actually kind of like overstack, overkill for them. But hey, man, Mike Williams well, has been one of those players that that Mike, Mike, and Keenan Allen have yeah. not been able to stay healthy, man. And they got a nice quarterback in place. So I mean, the team that I would like Julio Jones to be on would be the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, if that can happen, <laughs> no, 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 we don't know. Play. More than likely, it's not going to happen. But the team I do think that's going to end up, be, you know, trading for Julio Jones is going to be the Los Angeles Rams. 
They're going to give away four first round picks in 2027, 2028, and 2029. <laughs> whatever, whatever they got to do, I think they're going to make the deal happen. So, yeah. So please, kid, uh, please, parents, make sure that you put your kids in flag and flag football and get them a quarterback. You know, get them quarterback ready for the NFL, right? Hire him a hit, a quarterback coach, and everything, just yeah. like Trevor Lawrence had. Yeah. That's right. All right, gentlemen. Well, that's going to wrap up this edition of the East West Football Podcast. Thank you, everyone out there, for watching and listening. Catch us next Saturday as we will review the NFC North. Till then, have a great weekend. Take care. Be safe. Peace. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for Season 2 of the Wanna Bet Podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that Season 2 starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. No more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric acid. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An electric cast production. See you there. Electric cast.